you ever procrastinate? Put things on the long finger and think about it for a while? My guest on the Reset the Podcast today is Peter Turin. Peter's an author of a book, The ABCs of Easy to Do, Easy Not to Do. He's a public speaker. He's a great friend of mine. He's one of the most energetic humans you'll ever meet. And he'll teach you how to get in the game, rise to the challenge, and be remarkable. Hope you enjoy my chat with Peter Turin. Welcome to the Reset Podcast, Peter Turin. Pete, is it good being you? <laughs> is it good being me? Yes. Was that, is that the opening question? Is it good? That's the opening question. You Mate, can always good. tell the guests that haven't actually listened to your podcast when they don't know what your opening question is. But I got, this might surprise you. I've not had a lot of practice being anybody else. So <laughs> I've, got, I've got, where's the benchmark? I, what's it, how do I measure it? Tell me. Mate, you do be in you pretty well, I would have thought. But you wouldn't want too many of me, would you? I mean, I remember. Oh, when no. I did, no. <laughs> I, to actually, I kind of want to set the scene a little bit and tell everyone how I first met. It was probably six or seven years ago and, and Pete was a keynote speaker at, at our Specsavers National Conference. And it was a massive big conference. And he does it, he, I don't know if he still do it, but he used to do a thing called the Black Belt of Excellence. And he, he'd do all, all of this stuff about black belts. And it was a really great speech. But I just remember him bouncing out. He's like the Energizer Bunny. He's just got more energy than anyone you've ever seen in your life. And he's bounced out. He's 100 miles an hour. And we're like, holy shit, what's going on here? And then I thought straight away, this guy's a fucking idiot. Calm down. But then as you talked and all the stories that you told and everything that we got out of your keynote speech, which was fantastic. Thank you, right? By, you know, minute two into it, I'm thinking, you had me on the edge of my seat just listening to everything you say. And I absolutely love it. And then we caught up at the dinner later and being a completely arrogant dickhead that I can sometimes be, I've gone up to you and said, mate, I really love your speech. And we're having a chat and I said, but you've got to calm that shit down at the start. <laughs> you give it the chance to like you first and you're like, nah, it's me. That's what I do. <laughs> it's, and so my arrogance of, um, of, of giving you a critique on your, on your keynote speech was just completely completely unfounded and I was terrible, but I'm glad we've got to be friends too. Uh, mate, I've loved every discussion that we've had actually. And it's interesting is because, you know, before I go on stage, it's like anything, you know, I, I, um, I get, I mean, it's exciting. I mean, what, a, what an unbelievable privilege it is to do what we do. And I've never, ever taken it for granted. And it really matters to me. I mean, no one cares how good you were yesterday. You judged on this. They listen to what you and I talk about now. And, you know, I really hope it's that um, anything that we discuss may be of value to somebody else. And, you know, it may be the first time that somebody's seeing you or the first time somebody's seeing me or certainly the first time they're seeing us together. So it really is beholden upon us to, to do our homework and give the best that we've got once we go on stage, whatever that stage is, whether it's a virtual stage, whether it's this, you know, podcast slash Zoom slash, you know, filming stuff, whatever it is. But I know that before I go on stage, yeah, I do get wound up. It's and it's and it's not because it's it's just it is exactly who I am. A lifetime ago, I used to own retail pharmacies, and people used used to ask my wife, "Is he always like that?" Used <laughs> <laughs> to walk into my pharmacy. I, I was, you know, I jump over counters to go and look after people. You know, I love people, and I genuinely care. Uh, anyone can dispense a prescription. 
but to, to really take care of people, that comes from a different place. And I've never, ever taken for granted anything that I've done. And, Matt, I give it everything I've got. So that's the excitement and that's the energy, I suppose. It is. I guess, I guess all of those people that ask, is he always like that? Will often end up with a follow-up question of how do you put up with it? <laughs> how do you keep up with it? Put up with it is probably the wrong way to say. Keep up with it is probably the hard bit. <laughs> I think how do you put up with that is the first question to be really upfront with you. And then... <laughs> Is he always like that? Yeah, but man, I am. And um, to your point before, you know, you've got to be who you are. And it's, I think it's more you come undone when you try to be something that you're not, when you try, yeah, to behave, you try to behave in a way that isn't really the person who you are. And you and I have seen many, many times, you'll see people that will try and, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, they'll plagiarise. You now they'll pinch your stuff and try and, you know, bring it into their performance and, um, if it's not who you are, don't do it. Now, I get asked a lot, you know, through mentoring, mentoring and coaching. I, I I get asked a lot by people, you know, will you tell me you know, how do you present? You know, what can can you give me a pearl, something that I can take away? Um, I want to get on stage and, and I want to be a presenter. And my the, the pearl of wisdom I give them is just get on stage and do it. You know, it's not yeah. you don't need a degree in nuclear physics, and the only way that you learn is by doing. And, yes, sometimes failing forward, but you, you, you only learn by experience and then hopefully coming back a little bit better every single time. And sometimes the toughest thing is having the courage to make a start, the courage to get into the game, which is a lot about what I talk about today. Yeah, it, it's good. It's, it's one of the things that you, you've probably, we've all probably heard, you know, 100 keynotes over the time. And how many of those have actually, you actually got something that you have kept with you forever? And it's one of the things, you know, I saw you six years ago and I often still think something's easy to do, easy not to do. No, mate, that's awesome. Uh, that and makes me so happy. Six years later, and I actually have a, an alter ego, with anyone that's read Stress Teflon, I have an alter ego called Carlos. And part of what the conversations I have with this alter ego in the not quite so mental health problem way, um, uh, you know, something is easy to do or easy not to do. You know, Luke might step over the washing basket, Carlos would pick it up and take it upstairs. And it's that easy to do, easy not to do that you taught me six or seven years ago, however long it was, mm. and it stuck with me that long. So, you know, having that as the pizza in catch try, I think, is just an awesome thing. Uh, mate, that, that's, you know, that's it. Honestly, I, if we stop recording now, I'd walk away a happy man just listening to you say that. Quite sincerely. My, my philosophy on life is that everything is a choice between easy to do and easy not to do. Choosing easy to do means focusing on what you can do rather than on what you can't do. And it's the first step to achieving anything in your life. But it's also the second step and the third step and, the, and I think you get the picture. And, and, what I've learned, and what I've learned in my journey is that the best in the world, the best Companies, organisations, associations, franchises, individuals learn to find it easy to do the things that others find easy not to do. In actual fact, I own it. It's trademarked to Peter Turin. Easy to do, easy not to do, your choice is, is, is mine. And what's really interesting is I've always spoken about it. You know, in 20 years of speaking, that's the thing that's always come out of my mouth. And that's the thing that has resonated most profoundly with people all around the world, you know, from... from, from people at the, at the top of organisations to people who are brand new into organisations, 
to young kids going off to play sport or I got, I got a, an email from a 15-year-old young man the other day saying that it changed his life. 15-year-old kid, isn't that a cute little thing to say? Wow. But it's taught, him, it's taught him to set better goals and to work on achieving those goals just by the small steps, Pete, that you talk about. And isn't that... Isn't and wouldn't you love to have learned that at 15? Oh, mate. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been great to have learned that at 15. And That's why you and I need to be going into, into the schools and need to be going because uh, kids don't get that 100%. They do not. At 14, 15, it's, you know, it's, there's... I watched a wonderful, wonderful TED talk the other day, which I've watched a number of times by Sir Ken Robinson about you know creativity. Oh, I love it, killing creativity in school. Well, yeah, I think it's book. the most popular TED talk of all time. Uh, well, I've gone back to it umpteen times, and you know it's not it, one size fits all. It is you know that we are so different. But the incredible thing about easy to do, easy not to do, is that it just has had such. It just seems to resonate right across the spectrum, young, old, um, whatever, whatever you're doing. And I, so for me, it's been really, really important. And, and, and you mentioned, you know, the martial arts before, you know, Black Belt in Excellence on stage at, uh, at uh, Specsavers National Conference. The last year or so, I've actually rebranded and everything now is around easy to do, easy not to. If you go to my website, peterturin.com, you'll see everything has massively changed. The, the martial arts, the black belt stuff is a story that sits in underneath, easy to do, easy not to do. Uh, you, I'm not sure whether you, you remember. You still get people up on stage and smashing boards. No, and no, we don't. Don't. Look, if that's what you want to do, yeah, we can do that. But isn't it interesting because in today's world at the moment of primarily virtual presenting, that would be a tricky thing to bring to life. <laughs> up on stage. So, but it look at and it's very, it is very powerful and uh, it's brought joy to a lot of people around the planet. But the martial arts component of what I do is a story that sits in underneath easy to do, easy not to do, as is my life as a pharmacist sits in under the, and we can talk more about that because um, I was the eight-year-old little boy who had a dream to achieve a black belt in martial arts but did nothing about it until I turned 36. And you may remember me telling you the story previously. The story about, about the white belt or the green belt? Well, but even before, even before any belts, you know, the, the dream was as an eight-year-old boy because every kiddie wanted to be like Bruce Lee. But I didn't mm-hmm. have the courage to get into the game until I was 36. And that was the epiphany. That was the moment that changed my life was a simple phone call. So easy to do, so easy not to do. But from eight to 36, I chose an easy not to do and hadn't had the courage to make that phone call. But once I'd made the call, I was now in the game. You know, I had the uniform on and that's when the journey began. But it's, mate, it's just a story. And it, it all came to life through choosing easy to do as opposed to easy not to do. Does, does that make Can sense? You, because it's yeah, really- it does. It does. And, and, and sort of that conquering the nerve. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm remembering this right because it's a long time ago. But tell us a story when you went to your assessment. I think it was to get green belt. No, well, in my martial art was Taekwondo. It was the Olympic stream of right. Taekwondo. So it goes from white to yellow to blue to red. It might have been the yellow belt then. First grading. Well, my first grading was, you know, I thought I was a rock star. You know, um, you know I came home uh, after passing my, my first grading. I'm not sure if this is the story you're alluding to. And I, I, I'm standing at the front door with the belt high over my head. You know, the big countdown, the big three, two, one, and kick the front door open and burst inside the house, running around the house, 
you know, playing aeroplanes with my newly acquired, everyone must have thought I was a complete lunatic. And I only found out you know, not too long ago that um, nobody had ever <laughs> failed that grading. But I didn't care. Mate, I didn't care. That was the bit I wanted you to tell us. Well, I was the, you've got to understand, I was the oldest, the ugliest, the worst, the only one with grey hair. And, mate, I, I'm in the game. I, I've, got a, I've got a newly acquired yellow belt. Huge experience in my life. <laughs> yeah, it was. I just remember you telling me that story. This what you were so proud and no one has ever failed it. Ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> anyway. That's gold. Yeah. Well, you're enthusiastic, if nothing else. I yeah. actually love that about you. So Look, how do you, when, you, when you say get in the game, you know, is that, that just must be a, an integral part of just to get started. And how do you know, obviously the fear of failure is normally the thing that stops people getting in the game. How do, you, how do you sort of overcome that? What are some, yeah, of, the, mate, some of the things you teach people on how to overcome that? Yeah, big question. Um, just before I answer that question, just your comment around enthusiasm and being enthusiastic. Um, one of the guys who I'm rebranding with, refers to me as annoyingly enthusiastic. <laughs> I pay him. I, can you say anno- annoying in it with a term of affection? Can you, can um, you put a, a tone uh, of affection uh, on that? I'm, I'm going to say yes with affection, but I think if you asked him, he'd probably say no, straight <laughs> out, annoyingly enthusiastic. Um, right. Going back to your question, yeah, look, it's... My, uh, the three things I talk a lot about and the three pillars really around uh, easy to do, easy not to do is firstly having the courage to get into the game and we'll come back and just talk about that. Uh, then rising to the challenge because any game that you get into, I mean, look, the world has been turned upside down right now as we're fully aware. People are worried, anxious, uh, they're emotional, uh, but there is a way forward and it is time to get going. And the, But the game has changed. Make no mistake about it. You know, you and I... You know, we're exploring opportunities to collaborate, to do things together. Well, that's that's what's come about. I'm, I'm a Melbourne boy and, um, you know... Yeah, you guys are still locked down, aren't you? So. Well, we're just starting all over again. Uh, so, mm. you know, it's really, it's an emotional time and, and people, as I'll say it again, people are worried and they're, they're seriously anxious. But there will always be challenges in life. You know, I hope not like, you know, what we're going through right now again, but... There will always be adversity, roadblocks. Uh, there'll be things that people will just stick in your way. It's always been that way. Uh, okay, sure, this is a really interesting time. But even as a young kid or a young pharmacist buying pharmacies, you know, with major competition, you know, I had to get into the game at some point in time. You know, roll the sleeves up, sit down with my team of people and work out what our non-negotiables were, you know, what they could expect from me as their leader and, you know, what I could expect from them as, as part of my team. And we were really in it together. So to get into the game and have the courage to do that. And as I said to you before about the people who come to me and ask for advice about presenting, give, give me a pearl. Well, you don't get everything right first time round. That's okay. That's very cool. But just take mm. that first step. Yeah. As we know, as we both know, it's those small steps taken consistently over time that leads to massive achievement in your life. So initially, the courage to get into the game, then rising to the challenge, I'll say it again, there will be you know, times of adversity, there'll always be challenges, but to ultimately come out the other side and be remarkable. And what, however you define success, whatever success is to you, uh, is what remarkable is all about. So get into the game, rise to the challenge, be remarkable. The big thing that I speak to people about today, though, is, and I know this is very, very cliched, 
But if everything's important, then nothing's important. So be really, really clear. Be really clear as to what matters most to you. And they're the areas of focus. They're the games that you have to play. And if you say your health and fitness matters, then get up, go for your run, go for your walk, do your two sit-ups, your two push-ups. You know, you and I have spoken about before, two sit-ups and two push-ups, you know, on a, on a Wednesday turns into three sit-ups and three push-ups by, by Saturday. And then by next week, maybe you're doing five. And maybe you've got your whole home team coming on board as well, doing it with family and friends and having a whole lot of fun as well. If you say your family matters, then get home in time for story time, as opposed to three extra beers in the pub with mates. You know, go home with, you know, and, and sit down with your family for meals and so on. These things are so easy to do and they are so easy not to do. And Luke, that's yeah. the power of the message. And, and, and never ever forget that you, you have the choice. The choice is yours. This is not complicated. This is about the doing. It's about making choices and doing, which is one of the things I love about, you know, the name of your podcast, you know, about resetting. You know, resetting mm-hmm. is so powerful. You know, for me, um, I, I was uh, just reflecting myself on some of the themes that I've been subjected to at conferences over a whole bunch of years and one of my favourites was reflect, reset, get going. So in other words, right. sit down, have a look, at, you know, reflect. Am I proud of what I've done over the last 12 months? Stop and think about it. Sit down, write the things down that you're, that you're grateful for, things that you're proud of, and then maybe look at some of the areas where you've not been quite so diligent, some of the areas where you've fallen a little bit short. Because right now I've got the chance to reset. You know, draw that proverbial line in the sand and reset. I can bounce off Luke and get some, you know, his opinion on certain things. Say, mate, what do you think? The four of the most powerful words that you can ever use. What do you think? You know, engage other people. Get their opinion, their advice, their ideas. But without the doing, without the moving forward, without the let's get going. So once I've reset, it now comes down to the choices that I make around the doing. Yeah, okay. Just a, just, it's the key, isn't it? So once you start, I find if, we, if you can actually identify what some of those roadblocks are. One of the things in stress teflon is one of the key pillars of stress teflon is honest self-awareness to sort of yeah. tell yourself, you know, be aware when you're bullshitting yourself. Because we all bullshit ourselves. There's, there's, there's no one in the world that doesn't tell themselves stories that rationalise what they're doing. Yeah. There's something about what, what, what you're saying there about just getting started. And if you fail, that's okay. You'll be all right. And, Matt, and just reframing it. I have a, I worked, um, I've been really privileged, you know, with uh, keynote speaking. Um, I've had a number of occasions where a one off keynote has turned into six, seven, eight, nine years of work with that particular company. And one company in the wine industry who I spent about eight years with, uh, their uh, state manager up in Queensland used to refer to sitting in Honesty Corner. And I've always remembered that to your point, you know, because we do, you know, tell lies and fibs to ourselves. But when you sit in the honesty corner or, you know, look, the man in the mirror, you know, yeah. if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make the change. Start with you, but be really honest as to where you're at right now and aspirationally where you'd love to be. And there's probably a gap. But if you're, to your point, and so, so, so important, if you don't have honest self-awareness, then you're only playing with yourself, aren't you? You're not really going to make the changes that you need to make to achieve those things that you say are so important to you. And I think it's really important to reframe that word failure. 
you know, that we, we think that we've failed. You know, it's that Thomas Edison thing, isn't it? You know, he found 10,000 ways, you know, that didn't work until he finally made the, you know, turned the light on. You know, it, you, actually, he's a great example because you read some of the things Thomas Edison did and he created some absolute duds. Like yeah. some of the, apparently he created this talking doll that looked so spooky that it scared the pants <laughs> off any kids that ever came near it and they never saw one of them. But he had something like 10,000 paints. Yes, he, he put out a lot of stuff. He was the, the most prolific inventor of all time. And one of the things about that, one thing, I actually invented um, a chair a few years ago. I'll, I'll actually show you this. I actually invented a chair. It's like an a inflatable ball on the top of the stool. Yes. All right? And I love these things. They're, they're great. And it's a big, long story, which I won't get into today. But it was... It, it was in the marketplace and stuff, with me driving it, it was terrible. It, it didn't do very well, and I ended up sort of, the half of them went flat, and I got like two-star reviews on Amazon and stuff. It was awful. <laughs> but none of my self-worth got attached to whether or not I was good at manufacturing marketing chairs. It didn't matter. I had a crack. Oh, that didn't work. You know, caught a little bit of a cold and ended up selling all of my stock off to someone else. I really, you know, talk about finding friends when... To give you good advice, I had a friend said, if you're going to eat shit, don't nibble. <laughs> and so it was like, don't keep flogging a dead horse. Just once it's time to go, let it go. No, but I love that. What it's so powerful too that, you know, you didn't hang, you know, your worth on, you know, whether that was a, a raving success or not. I remember reading a, a top um, AFL footballer. Um, he was, you know, he just never read the newspapers. And when he was asked why, he said, because, if they can make me feel so good about myself, you know, if that's what I'm focusing on, then they can also make me feel pretty crappy about myself. And I'm not going to allow somebody else have that sort of influence on my life. And yeah. I thought, well, that's, that's really, really healthy. You know, you know, you get that, you know, the adulation on stage, standing ovation, and you sort of walk around thinking, uh, you know, I'm pretty important, aren't I? But the trouble with that is if somebody says something negative about you, um, that can really play on your psyche and do a lot of damage. So for me, I like that line of um, other people's opinion of you is none of your business. Yeah, and well, uh, I, yeah. I really like. It's a really hard thing to do. Like we all, yes, we all have that. No, there's yes, a biological need to feel part of your tribe, but it, it's it, a nice thing to be able to put it aside. Mate, you do what we've done. You know, when you, when you go on stage and you and you speak, you know, that's how you feed your family. When you when, you, when you're talking for a living, uh, you're being judged all of the time, whether you like it or not, or know it or not. So for me. There are two promises that I'll always make. One, I will never, ever let myself let you down through lack of preparation. And two, on stage, I'll give you everything I've got. Now, I can't do more than that. And, yeah. and, and I, you know, in the beginning when I first started doing, when I first sold my pharmacies and started, you know, traveling the world speaking, I wanted everybody to love me. And I, it doesn't, life doesn't work that way. He's too tall, he's too short, he's too enthusiastic, he's not enthusiastic enough, he's got straight hair, curly hair, he... You know, people are sitting in judgment all of the time. And I often start, you know, any presentation by really challenging the audience to take something, to take something away from this that you can implement into your own life. And I make it really clear it's got nothing to do with my stories. Yes, as you said before, I tell lots of stories on stage, but it's got nothing to do with my stories. It's got everything to do with how you take the meaning from those stories and then have the courage to implement into your own life. And if it's one thing, if it's one thing that you take away, then, then our time together will have been time really well spent. And so even, even this, you know, I challenge, 
you know, our, our listeners and our community and the people are good enough to spend time with us today to take that one thing and have the courage to implement. Easy to do, easy not to do. You get to make the choice. If it's a health and fitness, you know, goal that you've got, go for a walk around the block. I got a, I got a message from it. He's a president of a company actually in, um, in Philadelphia in the States said to me, Pete, you still drive me insane. Rain, hail or shine, whether it's snowing, whatever the weather's doing, it's like you're that little birdie sitting on my shoulder going, yeah, yeah. easy to do, easy not to do. So I'm up and out every morning. That's my not negotiable. And it was all brought about by easy to do, easy not to do. So, I know the power of the message and, you know, I catch myself out regularly, Luke. Please don't think that I, you know, I do, I get all this right. But like you, I'm a work in progress and my focus is on being better today than I was yesterday, better tomorrow than I am today. It's about three little questions. What do I need to do more? What do I need to do better? What do I need to do differently? But for me, it's that focus on being better and it's incremental through small steps taken consistently over time. So keep the message I love the idea of your executive. Yeah, you know, if he described himself, he would say, I'm the sort of person who gets up rain, hail, or shine, snow, yeah. and I go for my walk. Yeah. And there's something about habit change, which I've been doing a lot of work on habit change lately, mm-hmm. that when, you, when the habit that you want to get is, I'm the sort of person who, I don't know if you can see an exercise bike behind me, but every single morning I'm going to get that on that no matter what. Fantastic. Uh, once you do that, you end up with a habit that becomes part of your identity. All right, and you've got to start it with the easy to do or easy not to do. But then the more you do it, it then becomes part of your identity. And you'll do these things even when you have a good excuse not to. Yeah, mate. Great choice. And can I say something? That doesn't mean that you're going to go and ride the Tour de France. You know, you're not going to be a tour rider first time round. But getting on that exercise bike for five minutes, I posted on LinkedIn. I do these little inspirational videos. I hope they're inspirational. It was, a, I think, a 29-second video last week. And it was really... I was, um, I had the beach behind me and the, the mm-hmm. post was, you get to choose whether you get up and go for a walk or lie in bed. It's your choice. Okay, rain, hail, shine, whatever the weather's doing, I don't get to control that. Mother Nature seems to be in charge. So mm-hmm. I get to, the choice I make is whether I lie in bed or whether I get up. And I was encouraging people to get up. It's so easy to do. It's so easy not to do. I'll say it again, it's those small steps. It's getting on that exercise bike. I mean, you can have that exercise bike and stare at it all day. Unless you sit on it and roll your legs over, it's not going to actually make a difference, which is the point about resetting and saying, well, you know what? I've got to get fitter and healthier. But until you go and sit on that bike and roll your legs over, it doesn't count for a whole lot. It's always about the doing and having the courage to do that. And even if you fall off the bike, I mean, but keep in mind though, Luke, it is an exercise. I really fall off that one. (laughs) (laughs) The other one over there, you fall off occasionally. No, it's a credit to you, mate. I can see the weights and the whole thing, mate. Well done. That's just, but it's amazing that that stuff that once you do the easy to do, easy not to do, and you do that often enough, I just love the concept that that becomes part of who you are. And, and that's, that's, but that's, that's it. No one says to me, and I know this, you've heard this before, but no one says to me, what, hang on a second, let me get this right. You clean your teeth every morning and every <laughs> You must be the most disciplined person. I'm obsessed with cleaning teeth. I do it twice a day. Yeah, I mean, it's just who you are, which then becomes the same thing with riding your bike or spending time with loved ones. Uh, sending, you know, I used to, I'm, I'd rather drive my kids insane by over-communicating 
then they're not communicating. And if I'm away, I'll send them a message, tell them I love them. They, they respond, my kids are grown up. I'm a, I'm a husband, father, grandfather. So for me, it's about spending time with people who I love and who I genuinely care about. And that's part of who I am. And it can be little things, as simple as a text message or a phone call or to my little grandchildren, you know, they're five, four and one, you know, do these silly videos. They call me Papa and they think Papa's silly. Um, I used to be hilarious. Now I'm silly. The five-year-old thinks I'm silly. <laughs> she loves the videos. And then she does one and she sends one back to me. Now they're sleeping here tomorrow night. Or, you know, it's, mate, how blessed. I mean, and it's little things. It doesn't fall out of a tree. It's all about the doing. So whether it's relationships with people who you say you care about, whether it's your health and fitness, whether it's your finances, you know, put a dollar aside every week, whether it's community work, you say, oh, charities are important. Well, it's not just about giving money. It can be giving time or giving ideas. Or I had a gentleman, uh, when I came off stage one day, he comes financially, he really, really struggles. And he asked me when I came off stage, he said, Pete, can I share a story with you? And I said, oh, of course you can, please. He said, when it comes to working in the community, he said, I, I, financially, um, I, I really do struggle. But can I tell you what I do? I thought, yes, please. He had me in tears by the end of this conversation. There's a homeless man that sits down, uh, that sits outside his local supermarket, and he sits with this homeless man. The first time he did it, the homeless man was a bit confronted and didn't know. Now, over the years, I know this sounds very superficial, but they've become friends. His way of giving back to the community is spending time. He gives his time. Mate, that comes from a pretty special place, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I do work with Orange Sky, which is a laundry that drives around in vans and we wash people's clothes and all that sort of stuff. And we haven't been able to do it since we got locked down. And last night was the first night I'd actually gone back and do it. And I went to a different place than the one I normally go to. And went there and ran into people I hadn't seen for four or five years. They've been on the street and they've been on the street for that four or five years. And I've never been so excited to see some old friends that I hadn't seen for ages. It was fantastic. It was so good. Uh, one, one of them, Bill, who I actually put in the, the, my sort of my final chapter of Stress Teflon. He, I actually tell Bill's story. He, he's Stress Teflon. He doesn't give a shit if he doesn't have a house. Right, he's always looked after the people around him. He's always happy being him, and yeah. by any stretch of the imagination, he's not a success in anyone's world. But in Bill's world, he goes all right. He looks after people. He's a nice person. He's great. And funnily enough, I, I I've had a had a fitness kick at the time. This was four or five years ago. I haven't seen him in, in this long, and I'd bought a pair of jeans that were like half a size too small. I never did get around to fitting in those jeans, and I knew they'd be about his size, so I gave them to him. And wow. he stood up last night, and I said, I've still got your jeans on, they still wouldn't fit you. <laughs> uh, mate, it's very special. And, you know, so we tend to measure success by material things, and, you know, there are so many other ways, aren't there? Just being the best version of yourself, the work that he does to help people around him, you know, I think there's a pretty strong case for... Uh, there is a measure of success that's quite powerful. Yeah. As well. You know, we, we do get caught up on fame and material things and that nonsense. And, you know, I see it a lot, as, as you would as well. You know, people who um, uh, elite sporting people or, you know, they're elite or celebrities, they're very used to taking. They're not so good at giving back. I know that's an awful generalisation, 
but in a number of cases, you know, they're so used to take, 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 take. And you mm. see, I was walking down the street. I had a meeting with a gentleman um, in, a, in a suburban area in Melbourne and there was a homeless man sitting on, the, um, on a bench. And now, I had not seen this before, and I've now done this a number of times myself. I'm really proud to tell you. But this was the first time I'd actually seen uh, somebody do this. And the gentleman I was walking with said, Pete, can you just hang on one moment? And there was a, a delicatessen. Just we just walked past. And I said, of course. He raced into the delicatessen. I walked in behind him. He got a salad sandwich made, walked out and gave the salad sandwich to the homeless man. I'm sure looked at it preferring that it was maybe a bottle of, you know, methylated spirits in a brown paper bag. But nevertheless, it was just an act of kindness for me that was so easy to do and so easy not to do. And it's these little things, okay? A pair of jeans. If for you, what's going to do? It's going to sit in the cupboard and it's going to collect dust. Remind me that I'm not a size 34. (laughs) And and that's just the thing, isn't it? You know, these things, I'll say it again, it's small steps, consistently over time that leads to massive achievement. And I know this sounds very, very selfish, but sometimes you do these acts of kindness for other people and it makes you feel amazing about yourself. And I reckon that's one, I reckon that's one form of selfishness that's quite okay. If it makes you feel yeah, good, keep doing it. There's no such thing as altruism, is it? You, you do get a reward for those yeah, things. Mate, but take it back to easy to do, easy not to do. You don't even have to get the salad roll. Just sit down next to them. Yeah, if you if you see a, a, a homeless person on the street, just sit down next to them, but and have a chat. They're humans. Yeah, the mate. humans are a bit they're a bit out of luck, but mate, know, thing- just sit down and have a chat. They're, I haven't met one yet that I have thought, yeah, okay, I don't really want to talk to you. They're you know they're, they're human beings. Just just sit down next. Let's talk about easy to do. You can go and get the salad roll if you like. That's great. But it, even if you're like your friend and you know isn't financially too well off. Doesn't cost him anything to sit down for three minutes. And no, right. the, the thing, the thing I loved about the, the the salad roll, and really the main thing for me, one because it was a lovely act of kindness, but there was no grandstanding. He just said, "Pete, can you just hang for a moment?" And he just walked in, bang, salad roll, walked yeah, out. Yeah, it's nice. He wasn't he wasn't trying to say, "Look at me, aren't I fabulous?" Um, this particular. It was yeah, it was just easy to do. This this particular gentleman financially was is can look after himself very nicely. And you could think that maybe there was ego and, you know, arrogance. It was none of that. He just said, Pete, can you just hang on a moment? And I really just loved the way he did it. But I suppose that's, you know, just going back to the, the whole philosophy of easy to do, easy not to do, mate, is, is really staying focused, as I said to you before, on the things that matter most to you. We can get caught up on everything and that doesn't serve you well. But be really clear as to what does matter, you know, the things that are essential in your life and be, and be better at less. And I think it'll serve you really, really well. Now, you and I, every time we get on a phone call or every time, you know, we have a chat, and I love the fact, you know, that, you know, our first meeting when you sort of gave me the feedback that you gave me, and we've been connected ever since. And we can go through a period of time and not speak, and then we jump back on the phone or, you know, like this, and it's, it's like we spoke this morning or yesterday or, you know, we caught up a week ago, which is pretty special. And I, I love that. And we're just out there, both of us just having a crack. Uh, trying to be the best versions of ourselves, but trying to bring value to the table for other people. And I hope, you know, I hope that we do it um, from the right place. Well, we certainly have that, done that today. I'm sure this isn't the last time we're going to have you on the Reset Podcast, but Pete, 
been fantastic. Not a lot of, and I, and, and I, the one thing too, as I say, I, I catch myself out regularly, and um, you know, I've been asked for so long now about you know the book. You know, the, where, where's the easy to do book? And um, mate, up until now, I've chosen easy not to do. Uh, but this time that we've had, you know, through the virus. I've run out of excuses and it's almost here, the A to Z of easy to do. And if you ask me why, well, why did you choose to do the A to Z of easy to do? Well, to be honest with you, Luke. <laughs> thank you, mate. <laughs> well, before, before we launch that book, we'll, um, we'll get on and have another chat we'll have a, and we'll have a deep dive into the A to Z of easy to do. Mate, thank you so much for this. You know, I just want to say it again, you know, that you know, my philosophy in life is that everything is a choice between easy to do, easy not to do, and you do have the power of choice. And I hope that anyone that's listened to that today really has the courage to bring that to life. And even on my LinkedIn profile, you know, there are other little videos that might be of value or the website, which is just peterturin.com. Um, I hope there's something there for people. But it's through chatting like this, you know, that I always, whenever I speak to you, whatever we thought the intention was when we came together, I always walk away with something new and different that I hadn't thought about before. And I, mate, I love that. You know, I love this little collaboration that we have and this little caring for each other that I think I'm always bigger and stronger leaving the conversation than I was when I arrived at it. So thank you for that. Straight back at you, mate. It's been great having you on the show and um, we'll, we'll get you on again soon. Peter Drew, thanks for coming yeah, on Reset. See you, mate. Bye.